About 86% of people that listen to this podcast on audio platforms like Spotify and Apple haven't yet hit the follow button. If I can ask a favor from you, if you ever enjoyed this podcast, please could you just go and hit that follow button on your app. It helps the show more than I could possibly say. And the bigger the show gets, the better it gets. Welcome to the Social Podcast where we bring in the latest in technology, marketing, and business. So I'm excited for today's episode. So I'm your host, Sangwa, and today we're going to explore the exciting world of building a minimal viable product or what is known as MVP. So let's get started. I don't have time to waste today. Have you ever had a brilliant uh, product or business idea but felt overwhelmed at the thought of bringing it to life? It can be a daunting task to turn your idea into a successful product, especially when you're working with uh, limited time and resources. But fear not, my friend, because building an MVP or a minimum viable product can help you validate your idea without investing too much upfront. Now, I know what you might be thinking. Oh, an MVP is just a stripped-down version of your product review with new, like, few features, basically. But let me tell you something. There is more to it than meets the eyes. Building an MVP the right way can make all the difference in the success of your product. Are you ready to learn the proper approach to building an MVP? The way that has been proven to work time to time again? If so, you are in the right place. Today we are going to explore the exciting and intriguing world of building an MVP. But first let's address the elephant in the loom. Uh, many people have misconstrued understanding of what an MVP truly is and how to build it. And that's why we'll be discussing some famous reward examples to illustrate the proper approach to building an MVP. So whether you are seasoned entrepreneur or first-time founder, don't worry, we've got you covered. By the end of this episode, uh, you'll know the ins, the outs, the do's, the don'ts, and everything in between when it comes to building a successful MVP. So let's get started and turn your product or a business idea into a reality. So what's the best what is the best advice, actually? What is the best advice for building an MVP? It's launching something quickly and iterating to get into the hands of your customer. That's the first thing you should do as an MVP builder. So don't get distracted by other smart things like, you know, 100 surveys, 600 user interviews, uh, maybe contacting competitors, fundraising, or hiring 200 people. Uh, these activities might seem important, as we know many big businesses do it, but they're not as important as launching quickly. Remember, you will only start learning about your users when you put your work or your product in front of them. This doesn't mean that your MVP will work perfectly right away, right? It doesn't mean that once you put your product out there, it will start working perfectly. It probably won't. But it's the best way to start the conversation with your users and figure out how you can solve their problem. Uh, I mean, their specific problems, actually. Yeah, that's one you need to solve. 
And as an early age founder, your goal should be to get a product out into the world quickly as possible. Uh, talk to some uh, initial customers. Uh, figure out what you can do uh, to make a product useful for them. Uh, care about how to help them accomplish their goal. And try to figure out how you can change and iterate your product so it helps them accomplish those goals. So rinse and repeat. Uh, talk to more users. Iterate your product. Uh, talk to more users again. Iterate your product. Keep on, keep on doing that. Keep on doing that. And after three or four or five or six iterations, you'll be surprised. Uh, your MVP will be different and from how you started it. You will have learned so much. By having that conversation with your users and letting them uh, see your product evolve, you can make them more excited and more likely to use and pay for your product. Some people knock MVPs and talk about minimum lovable product, you know, whatever, or minimum useful product. But but there is a misconception that starting with something small that may not work very well is a bad idea. Don't worry about losing the array adopters who try your product and find it doesn't work perfectly. Those people, they are probably used to using a product that don't work very well, you know. Uh, they are open to using new software, so let them go. Failure is the biggest fear to the founders. Failure is the biggest fear that founders have. Uh, the fear of giving people your product and them not liking it can seem daunting, you know. Uh, you spend months and months building something, and finally when you put it out, nobody wants to use it, you know. It can be a daunting task. But imagine the worst case scenario. Uh, maybe you talk to a customer, uh, they move your product, and it doesn't work. They don't want to use it. What happened? Is anything different? No, not really. You haven't learned out of money. All your co-founders won't quit. So there's nothing to worry about. Don't worry about it too much. Just iterating and you get there. Keep iterating. One, two, three, four. Keep iterating and you'll be surprised by how the 10th version of your product will look like. Let me tell you a story I heard from Michael Sieber on one of his videos about an MVP. He's a co-founder of Twitch, uh, you know, and managing director at Y Combinator. And this story might help you solve a hair on fire problem. Imagine that you are a person and, and your hair is on fire. Your hair is on fire while you are watching this or you're listening to this wherever you are listening to. Now, if I was sitting in the room next to you, what's the first thing you wish I could say to you to solve this problem? Your hair is on fire and I'm sitting next to you. What's the first thing? You wish I could say to solve your problem. Most people would say, okay, some version of a bucket of water or a fire extinguisher or whatever. Anything to put out fire quickly, right? That's a great product, right? That's a great, a great product. But unfortunately, I don't have that. I don't have that product. I don't have a fire extinguisher. I don't have a bucket of water. I am founder with a name of VP. And what I'm saying is just a brick. Let's consider I'm selling a brick. So what would you do if I was selling a brick instead of water? You might leave the loan since a brick is not a helpful uh, in putting out fire, right? 
But what if I told you that you could use the brick to hit yourself in the head to smother the fire? Uh, that would not be ideal, but it's not a perfect solution, of course. But in this case, you are in so much pain. If your hair is on fire, right? And you would use an imperfect solution to solve your problem. That's the customer you should be going after when you're building an MVP. The desperate ones who are willing to try anything to solve their problems. That should be your mindset as a founder. So what are the problems with MVPs? Well, the overall idea of an MVP is sound, right? It's sound. It's easy. Being able to ship a striped down product, uh, test with real customers, uh, measure its success in the marketplace without building a full fledged application. That's a developer's dream. And in the early 2000s, this idea of MVP uh, was widely embraced. They soon started to reap the benefits of saving time and money and getting user feedback quickly. But over time, a problem emerged. Instead of using an MVP for the aforementioned reasons, product managers and developers and designers decided to use MVPs as a reason to be lazy. Uh, as they cut corners, uh, remove necessary features for the sake of staying lean and shipping. That comes from the common misconception that an MVP is all about stripping down or minimizing a product to ship as quickly and also cheaply, of course, as possible. So what happened? They run into issues of what about these features and that features? What about the user experience design? Hey, no, you don't have time for that. Barely function we do. And this is exactly how the product fails. Because if you have time, you have the manpower and you can outsource everything right away. Why are you just producing an unfunctional application or a product? Just if you have the resources, just do it. But stripping down your product or removing some features when you have them just to ship your product or just to see how you can quickly sell your product. That's a bad idea. That's exactly how products fail. And while I do believe that perfection shouldn't be the enemy of progress, you're going to be at disadvantage if you do it the right way. The most effective MVPs still maintain a high quality code of design, user experience, and content. That's the first thing you should keep in mind. You can see the difference between these two approaches. The wrong way is more likely like just slapping something together and hoping for the best, you know. Just you do design, you do whatever, and just hope for the best. And the right way to build an MVP is to build a limited scope version of your product that solves at least one problem. One problem for one audience in a unique way. Uh, otherwise, there's no point in anyone caring about your product at all, right? There's no point. I mean, the whole point of an MVP is just to experiment, right? To experiment. You are essentially doing 
uses a bit testing to see if your hypothesis uh, is accurate and to test its accuracy. There are a few key parameters or characteristics that you, your MVP needs to satisfy. If you want to see if it serves at least one specific targeted audience, that's the first thing you should do, addresses at least one key problem or pain point for that audience and has distinct where designed user experience that is functional, usable and comfortable and can be built and launched quickly. That's the hypothesis you should do about your product or aim of it. But there is a specific reason for this. Because even if one of the these four key characteristics is off or missing altogether, then your test results are going to be skewed. They're going to be skewed. They're going to be to a biased decision and potential product failure because they're not giving what you want to provide, right? They're not providing any solution. And as hard it is to talk about this, people need you to solve their problems. If you're not solving anything, then you are not in business. So with all that being said, I building the MVP, how do you know what features to include and what features to exclude? Because sometimes it's not as cut and dry as it may seem, right? Some people might think that instead of building an MVP and iterating, they could just survey their users or talk to 100, 200 or 300 users and they tell them what to build. And unfortunately, that's not always the case. Customers are experts in their problems. You have to know that. Customers are experts in their problems. They know what they're struggling with, right? But they don't have all the answers. That's the beauty of it. They don't know all the answers to their problems and on how maybe to solve their problems, of course. So that's your job as a person to building a new product or a founder to build a new product. So they might seem helpful, of course, and maybe it might help you understand the pain of your customers and what they are going through, but they may never help you figure out how to solve that pain. The only time you start having that conversation with the customers is when you can put a product in front of them, preferably a crappy MVP, and start saying, does this solve your problem? You know, if you come to me I have a problem, I have an issue, I don't know how to solve it, but you have a solution. Maybe even if it's a crappy product, but if you come to me, I say, hey, I have this product and this solve your problem. I'll be willing to listen to you. I'll be willing to give, okay, this is how my problem is. Uh, based on what you are giving me, uh, maybe you can change this, you can change this, I can change this. That's how founders should see or perspective you should have about an MVP as a founder. The most important point I want to review with you is that you don't start your startup with all the answers. Mm. Building a startup, especially in the pre-product market feed phase, is all about learning, learning, iterating, learning, iterating, learning. It's all about taking some insights and bringing them to the market to learn. Most of the best parts of products we use today were discovered 
after those products were launched and then the founders went learning from their users because if you check on maybe on how facebook was in 2010 it's not how it is today if you check youtube how it started they use a ux a ua design and check how it functions today it's totally different you keep learning as you put your product out there on the market and once you learn from the product the better you can iterate your product and building and launching MVPs is the fastest way to start the process of learning. And the faster you learn, the more likely you are to build something that people love before anyone else. So if you are convinced that you have, you maybe want to build an MVP. So how do you make sure you do it quickly? Here are some tricks. First, give yourself a very, very specific deadline. It's a lot easier to make sure you're building something that is the minimum viable product if you give yourself a deadline and second write down your specs if you think that there are five or ten features required to launch an mvp write them first one the second one the third one yeah that's how we should do it the third tip is cut back i need you to go th through each one of those items and ask yourself is there a truly disparate customer who needs that feature to start that feature you are producing is the in one who is desperate for it. You'll be surprised at how many features you can leave off the second, the third, and the fourth version of your product and just get the basic stuff out first. And finally, don't fall in love with your MVP. And this is the main thing that I see even myself when we were launching Futureware, which is under uh, production. We wrote the first version of our product and it was like, um, I spent almost like three months not changing anything. I just felt in love with the design and whatever, but I was not iterating. And this is one of the biggest mistakes you can make if you need to build something which is great, which is a great product. Don't find love with your MVP. It's just a minimum viable product. It's not a full-fledged product. It's going to change. That's what you have to realize. You're going to iterate. It's going to get very different over time. You want to find love with your customer, with your user, not in love with the crappy initial product that you're building to start learning from the user. You don't have to find love with your initial product, your MVP. That concludes our exciting episode on building an MVP. We hope you gained valuable insights and inspiration to turn your ideas into a reality. So remember, launch quickly, iterate and stay focused so thank you for tuning in this is a podcast where we bring you the best in technology and marketing and business insights every day stay tuned for more again discussion until next time keep innovating stay sassy mm -hmm.